hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. In the morning, though, the lake would be like glass, smooth and still. The sun would poke up through some lingering clouds. The noise and the dark were gone, and a new day brought a new peace. And that's what these truths do. They get us through the storm and the noise and the fear and the dark. Well, today, I'd like to talk a little bit about one of those truths, joy, specifically in a message we're calling Joy versus Despair. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay, and that happens to be the Time Tested Truths series. And uh, this week, actually, we're talking about a message that I just gave on joy versus despair. And so, because of that, I thought it'd be super duper weird, you guys, if I like played a soundbite of me and then came out of the soundbite and talked about how great I think that I am, because I don't know. That doesn't seem like that would be very cool. So we were trying to think of like, who would be like the next best thing to me? And so it was Nancy Grusey. So you guys (laughs) have met Nancy before. She's been a guest on the show. And like all kidding aside, like I just love Nancy. I feel like her and I share a lot of the same, a lot of the same heart, certainly about God and about God's people and uh, about ministry and about what Jesus wants out of us. And um, she laughs at my jokes. And so I used to think that was super important until I found out that she laughs at our guest jokes too. And our guest tells like the worst dad jokes. I don't even want to repeat the one he told before the show started. Not because it was dirty or anything, because it was just so bad. It was I like, mean, I was laughing. It was so. a groaner is what we call them in the business. That I'm was a, a fan of dad jokes. Anyway, our guest today is my favorite friend, Brian Caesar. Hi, Brian. Hello. I'm so glad that you're with me. So like, I've known Brian for a while. He's helped. I knew him here at church and then he uh, took part in quite a few uh, alphas uh, with us. And I just love his heart. He's like... Uh, one of the things I love about Brian is like he's got this really youthful spirit. He's uh, he's not uptight or anything like older guys normally are, but he wears this like super old guy hair. And I don't know why he's wearing his hair like that because now he's fancying this like goatee and it's very, I don't know, rakish. You know what I mean? But his hair still looks like, you know, like a televangelist from 1984. And so I don't know why he wears it that way, but you guys can't see him. So we won't get into it. Brian, besides your hair, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. So I've always considered myself rakish and uh, <laughs> and the whole televangelist here. I just like to keep people yeah. guessing. You just yeah. never know. Well, um, but thank you. I'm, I thanks for being here. Or thank I'm happy to be here. Um, my wife and I came to Life Church about three years ago, and um, we've been on a Jesus journey for a while. Uh, I was raised in the Lutheran tradition, um, like uh, a lot of people. Uh, I don't think I was actually <clears throat> looking for something other than Jesus because I think I had a personal relationship with Jesus for quite some time. Um, but when my wife and I, we have four children. Um, the oldest uh, son is uh, 25, and we have three girls who are in college. So when they moved on from a Lutheran church we were attending, my wife kind of looked at me and said, you know, I, I'm thinking I'm looking for something more. Mm. So we looked around, and we visited a couple churches, and one of them on the list was Life Church. And um, <clears throat> she, we went to church, uh, like I said, about three years ago, came to Life Church. Uh, after the first um, uh, service we went to, she said, this is my church. Mm. I said, oh, okay. And I said, well, we're going to have to discuss that a little bit. I said, <laughs> give, I said, give me three months. So we came every Sunday for three months. And, and about a month in, two months in, um, I looked at her right before church started, and I said, yeah, I think this is our church. Oh, I so, love that. 
so yeah, it was it was just something that God placed in our hearts. And one of the things, uh, you know, you talk, you mentioned Alpha, and I did a journey to wholeness. Uh, one of the things we were looking for that we weren't quite being fulfilled at our other church was do some service. And uh, Kristen, my wife, she does the baby uh, holding, and uh, she comes out of there just beaming. So, yeah. uh, so that's what I love. We each found our niche, and we love that about Life Church. We love the people here. We love the opportunity that uh, Life Church gives people on their Jesus journey. And it doesn't matter what stage you are in your Jesus journey, this is the place for a lot of people. It's certainly that. a place for us. I love that. So are you from Green Bay originally? Originally, uh, I grew up uh, a little bit north of here, about 45 minutes. You had mentioned it yesterday in your sermon in, in, near uh, O'Connell, north oh, of O'Connell. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about O'Connell, O'Connell Falls. Yeah. And uh, my wife grew up in West De Pere, uh, but we've lived here for most of our adult life. Gotcha. So. And then what sort of work do you do? I'm in insurance. Oh. So uh, health insurance, Medicare, life insurance. Gotcha. So I've been doing that for a while. Wow. Yeah. Do I know that? I don't, did you we may, talk about you that? may have. You may have. Did I, that I used to sell life and health insurance? You did. Yeah. You did. We yeah. talked about this. We thing. did talk about that. But Scott, huh. I mean, a guy like you, with all the people you see. It's true. And all the demands on your time. I, you know, I'm a big deal. Yeah, I know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm here, <laughs> so, so that we can talk about how great you are. Yeah, no, that's not why you're here. That's so funny, though. But actually, that's so funny. Um, uh, I did want to get into the sermon though because it, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Mm -hmm. We actually have extra sound bites that we're covering because the speaker yesterday was so good. So good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And so let's uh, let's just jump in and we'll listen to that first sound bite right now. But joy isn't a fleeting feeling. Joy is a decision I make. Joy isn't how I feel. Joy is who I am. It's not something I put on and take off like a jacket. It's written on my heart. It's like a tattoo on my heart. And I have joy because I have hope. And I have hope because I have Jesus. That's it. That's the message. Jesus equals hope and hope equals joy. That's the message. <laughs> Jesus equals hope and hope equals joy. And I love that so much because it's such a simple equation. And I think it's the missing piece for a lot of people. I think a lot of people don't quite realize that that's the missing piece. So one of the things that I, I had thought about is that so many people struggle with it, this idea that you can just choose it. Like you can just pick to have joy and it might not be that simple. So um, Scott, explain like a little bit about how you came up with that equation and how that looks in like a day-to-day -day conversation with someone. Yeah, I I feel like, um, I, I, you know what else I feel like? I feel like I say I feel like a lot. A lot. <laughs> I say that a lot, a lot. Anyway, I feel like when I think <laughs> when I think about joy, it's, um, it's. I was talking about this at our table discussion last night because at uh, Life Church downtown, after we uh, listen to the message, we all sit around our tables and we talk about them in the alpha format, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So like, I feel like that for some people, they get so much more out of the message if they can just release what's on their mind or release mm -hmm. what's in their heart about it or ask questions about it. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this very topic about how you see it. I, I was trying to say, I feel like I had to fake it at first. I had to fake being joyful because for so long I, I was a desperate person. I was a person of despair. Is that the same thing? Is a despairing person a desperate person? It sounds, it sounds the same. It sounds like they do. I think we'll just go with the, right. the glossary will come up I was a desperate person. Right. Anyway, and so when I, when I knew that I needed to change that, I, I knew that I needed to start looking at life through a joyful lens rather than looking at it through a desperate lens. Mm. And so it was easier for me to look at it through a desperate lens. And so in a, in a way, I kind of faked it. I kind of faked 
you know, I wasn't fake. I wasn't pretend happy, but I was like, I got to, maybe the better way to say is I felt like I needed to force myself. And somewhere else in, in the, in these words, I talk about how sometimes you have to break a bone or, you know, pull a muscle to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Like you got to get something out of place in order for there to be room for that. And that's, and that's how it worked for me where I needed, I needed to recalibrate myself uh, to be joyful. And, and that's because I, I, I realized that the things that I was chasing in my life that I thought would bring me joy weren't bringing me joy. They were maybe temporarily making me happy, but in the end, were just making me full of despair. Yeah, and I, and I get that. And one of the things I love about uh, that simple equation, uh, Jesus, hope, uh, joy, is it's easy to come back to. It's a, it's a handhold on the rock that you can cling to. Uh, so much of our lives are complicated, and it's one of those things, uh, when you state that equation, uh, it's simple, but difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But the reason I like that it's simple is because when I fail on that day <laughs> that I'm not following that equation, I can go back and hold right back onto it because it is simple. That's so good. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, we all struggle. Uh, this is a fallen world. We we are all sinners. I struggle. But when, when you had said that yesterday, I thought, you know, that's simple to hang on to because you can analyze that intellectually, but that's not the way you're going to live it in your life. It's got to be in your heart. And that's why I like that it's simple. I can go back to that and say, um, I'm sad today. And it's like, well, so what? You can go right back to that handhold that Scott just talked about. And that's what I like about the simplicity of it. That's great. Let's check out the next clip. What will I attempt to do? Who will I attempt to be if I know that I can't fail? Who would I love? How would I help? What would I risk? If I have a super secret superpower, I'd risk anything. I'd do anything. I'd do everything. That sounds an awful lot like having a life and living life abundantly and to the full, doesn't it? I can't remember the exact phrase now. A super secret superpower? Super po- I said super <laughs> twice. You're so A super, funny. super secret no, power. No, a super secret superpower. Okay. Super, that means a super extra square. secret super extra square. power. That's what that means. A super yeah. secret superpower. But it's really not that secret. No. Is it? Because well, that, that was the quote from Chesterton, right? Oh, that it's the great or gigantic was gigantic. the word. That, the gigantic mm-hmm. secret of the Christian was joy. It is. And so I love that idea that we have a superpower. Sometimes we don't look at it that way. We don't look at what we have, that what God gives us is a superpower. But like in you know, it's not even my turn to talk, but no, I'm just gonna good. tell you. Like I feel like <laughs> in the Bible, it specifically tells us that all the things that Jesus could do. Like, we can do that and then some. Like, I feel like it says that in the New Testament somewhere. Like, someone smarter than me probably knows where. But in there, it says all these things that Jesus was able to do, you can do, and more. And so that sounds like a superpower to me. And sometimes we go out in the world, even as believing Christians, and we're like, we feel like we're, you know, defeated before we even had Like, defeated? What are you talking about? You're a superhero. Get out there and do it. And joy is, I feel like, the great secret power. Joy. Yeah, and I feel like, and I know we keep going back to that equation, but I feel like it's a really great explanation for people who don't quite get it. Mm. When when they look at you and think it's all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and glitter and everything, there's more to it than that. And I feel like that's what that equation goes back to, too, which is kind of to this point of you can you can do it all. You can succeed and you can put all your chips in in the God basket yeah, and, yeah. and be successful. So is there something that, that, you know, that you've experienced that where you've been able to kind of risk it all and like 
have your super secret superpower. superpower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I when I heard Scott say that <clears throat> yesterday, the phrase that uh, piece of scripture that jumped to mind was put on the armor of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why should I have to, me, Brian, do anything that I can't do with God? I put on the armor of God and it's like, who's going to defeat me? Yeah. Who yeah. is going to be in my way? And, you know, the, the thing about when, when Jesus came and, you know, he was going to say, I'm going to build a kingdom. Right. And everyone in front of you said, oh, well, great. You're going to have an army. You're going to have chariots coming. The horses are going to be coming over the hill. Mm -hmm. Right. And you are going to kick the Romans out, and we are going to be good to go. And I think the reason God and when Jesus spoke in uh, his parables, when he used that army kind of uh, terminology, it's like that. It's like you're going to go do things in my name, in the name of of love, but you are going to be like a warrior for me Mm -hmm. and put on the armor of God. And I like the idea that that is a superpower. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said, hey, I'm sending my advocate. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's me. It's God. I'm sending my advocate. He's going to be within you, and he's going to be right next to you. What else do you need? There's us. There's us. But then you've got this advocate right. I put it right inside of you. That's what we're designed, and that's what you're designed for. And we're designed for relationship. We're designed for relationship with others. And we can put in the armor of God and do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Sometimes it makes me think of Ratatouille, the Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, because one of my favorite movies. It is truly. I really love certainly it. one of the more most beautiful. All Pixar movies are beautiful to mm-hmm. me. Like they're just beautifully drawn and beautifully mm-hmm. thought out. But I think about um, so Linguini is the name of the like the boy. Like he's yeah. like this dorky, you know, doesn't know how to do the anything. Chef boy. Right, yeah. the chef boy. And then the name of the rat is. Uh, um, What's the name of the rat? I can't think of what it is. It's not Mickey. No, it's not Mickey. Oh, Mickey no. was a mouse. I just watched it. <laughs> anyway, I was just talking about the ride because there's a new ride at Disney. It's what's his name's Emerald. Emrit. Embasol. Anyway. Embasol? <laughs> I don't think it's Embasol. <laughs> anyway, Nancy's gonna look up that on her I'm Google. I'm gonna look it up. Anyway, um, so it, so but in that movie, if you've not seen it, like uh so Linguini, which should have been the one that was harder to remember, can't cook, but the rat whose name is something, I think it starts with an E. Um, he, like, controls Luigi, right? Mm-hmm. He sits, like, under his hat, on his head, yep. and he pulls up certain hair things, and that makes his arms move, right? Yep. And I feel like that's the Holy Spirit for me. Like, I've got yep. this place inside my hat where the Holy Spirit lives. How are you not finding it? Because I had my... You're phone a millennial, off. right? And like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I could have found it six times now. But you're by like now. a Disney, Pixar <laughs> oh movie my gosh. guy. Anyway, I know you are listening at home and you're like, oh, you guys, it's whatever that <laughs> and name is. And you're probably is. shouting it at the Yeah, probably. At anyway, your but I feel right like now. that's me and I don't even know how to spell ratatouille. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel like that's me and the Holy Spirit, that me and the Holy Spirit work that way. That um, he's like, he's animating me, he's pulling mm-hmm. my strings, he's mm-hmm. making me happen. Do you know what I mean? And so, and I, I love that. I love that yeah. about how the Holy Spirit does that. Like, and how, and like all the things that Linguini could um, achieve. Remy is the name. Doesn't Remy. Doesn't with an E at all. Remy. The rat. Remy. Remy the rat. Remy the rat. Right. Voiced by the great Patton Oswalt. Anyway. So, <laughs> anyway. I feel like I've lost all the power behind this parallel between the oh, Holy I Spirit totally and me. Oh, I totally get the parallel. Yeah, all but right. the, whole, the Holy Spirit yeah. is directing you. So, so Linguini yeah. without Remy right. can't do anything. Right. Just the, floppy. Right. And Linguini ugh. with yeah. Remy, right, gets a five-star Michelin award, right. which is a big deal. It has nothing all. to do with tires. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's me with the Holy Spirit. That, like, I'm nothing without the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, I'm everything. I'm more than a conqueror, mm-hmm. right? I put on the 
the armor oh, of God, like, like mm-hmm. arm, Iron Man, right? Yeah. Like, and so I feel like that's who I am with the Holy Spirit. And so again, secret, super secret, super secret, super power. power. Yeah, super like square. Remy. Got to trademark that. <laughs> because despair was often who I was, the fleeting feelings of sadness darkened my darkness. Sadness expanded despair's emptiness. The things that should have come and gone like the wind soaked me through and through. When you're a person of despair, happy things bounce off of you. But sad things, they soak in. Your desperation darkens. Once you kind of get into that, we actually talked about this on the two on that that I was a guest on. Oh, yeah. When, when you do get into that place and you start to spiral, it's so easy just to stay there and to allow that sadness or that despair to stick to you, like what you said. And then it soaks you. And then how do you get out of it? It's like the law of something. I'm not smart enough to remember, but the law of something <laughs> says that a, that a body in motion stays in motion. It's the three laws of natural physics. Right. From Newton. Brian's smart. Yeah. And so he is smart. Yeah. Not just with the dad joke. <laughs> no. So I feel like that's and that, I feel like that's true for us emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like if we're already moving, because I just saw this when you were talking about how we get into this yeah. spinning cycle of depression or sadness or mm-hmm. despair, that it's easy for us to stay in that direction. It's easy for us mm-hmm. to continue to move mm-hmm. in that direction. It's harder to stop that and then move in a completely opposite direction. Yeah, it's much exactly. easier for us just to like keep spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's safety there. You know, when you're when you yeah. sit in the despair and comfort, yes, mm-hmm. it, there's safety there because if you've been hurt in any any way, you know, relationships, failures, financial failures, whatever the case may be, if you've been hurt, you kind of internalize that hurt mm-hmm. and hold on to it because it's almost like a safety blanket. Well, at least I've got this hurt, right? Well, and then it turns you into the victim, right? Like, well, Ex- I'm, exactly. I've been, yeah, I'm the victim, so, you have an so I can't. You have an excuse right. to own. Yeah, look at yeah. look at poor me. Yeah. But what I was thinking about that because I went back and I listened um, online to what you, what you said about that part. What I was thinking about that is, you know, about 10, 11 years ago, I was there in that seat of despair and just couldn't get out of it. Days I could barely get out of bed. But what did it for me is when you pursue your identity in Christ, when you pursue Christ, and Christ knows who you are, He knows everything about you. You know, and when you pursue your identity in Christ and hold on to that, that's the prism that you kind of start seeing your life mm-hmm. from. Not prison, but prism. Yeah. And you start seeing your life how Jesus sees you. And you start seeing the identity that God meant for you and your true identity. And your true identity isn't to sit in despair. Your true identity is to say, you know, hey, Jesus wants a relationship with me. He's faithful. He's He's forgiving. He is there with love and grace continually. And if he wants a personal relationship with me and he wants me to pursue him and find out what my identity is, I should be able to eventually pull myself up. He's going to help me do that. Mm -hmm. And then with that armor of God, be a a shield when these things come. Because, you know, he even said, if you love me, bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be all tea and roses. And like, unicorns and glitter. And glitter. And, yeah. <laughs> and that is the same category. Yeah. So, so you know, we should look at that. And that's, that's what it did for me. I started seeing, and it was not a flipping a switch. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And it's a continual process. And it's not linear. It's not like one step, one step, one step. It's one step, two steps back again mm-hmm. going yeah. forward. But when you pursue your identity in Christ, that helps you out of the despair you're in. And I think it protects you against that continual despair Mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah, and it really gives you that place to start. Mm -hmm. Like if that's what you're putting your focus on, 
yep. is what your identity is in Christ, yep. then you can take those steps forward versus being stuck and allowing that stuff to really soak you in that despair. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and speaking of those steps, I was uh, with a kid last night. I say a kid, he's, I don't know, 19 maybe or 20. So is that a kid? It feels like I a mean, kid to me. To, to older age, guys, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Wow, yeah. <laughs> Next time on Chew on That, Nancy won't be here. So. Uh-oh, I lost my seat at the table. <laughs> anyway, so I was with this kid, and he was talking about how, and he's, like, he's trying. Like, his life, like, boy, it had run aground. Mm. He had, like, driven that ship into the rocks, right? And so um, I'm not, I don't want to give away too much. It's that he's, you know, but he's trying to, he sees where he needs to be. He's trying to get there. And mm-hmm. I love that about him. But, like, I was trying to tell him last night, he's frustrated with the lack of progress. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, you don't start on square 10. Like, no, no one no. does. Everyone starts on square zero, right? Like, we're all starting from nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. got, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen, like you had said, Brian, with the flip of a switch. There's yeah. no card you pull that says, yeah. jump 10 steps forward. You know, it's not that kind of game. Like, you got to work right. for everyone. And sometimes you stay on the same square. Sometimes you might lose a turn, but at least you're not like going back. You're not getting sent back three squares either. Like, yeah. so you're growing as long as you're not moving back. Right. You know? But if you're not growing on purpose, you will move back, right? Yeah. Do you Say think? More words. Like if you're if you're not intentionally choosing to focus on yeah. your identity, then you will you will go back. Maybe not necessarily in the game parallel because yeah. I don't think you just by default slide backwards. But if you're not putting that intention into it, then I could see that. But if you keep you skipping turns on a board game, and all your other friends are like, they keep taking their turns. Yeah. You know, you might not be moving backwards. But they're but moving just, further apart. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And I look at it sometimes like being uh, forged like a piece of iron. You know, that iron has to be heated. And it's going to be misshapen for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be pounded in a different shape until it reaches its final shape. And if you're not going through some trial and tribulations over some pretty good lengths of time, what God has intended for you may not happen in any other way. Yeah. I mean, you we may have to go through some of these trials, some of these fires, to be the person that God intended us to be. And I know you might be listening and maybe you're not like a super Jesus person. Maybe you might just be a casual Jesus person or you just happened upon this and you're not a Jesus person at all. And you might hear these things like, it's like iron and iron sharpens iron. And that might sound like all super crusty and biblical. And you're like, that's just, but like those parallels that, that, that are in the Bible are there on purpose and they are timeless. They are evergreen. Because this idea that Brian just said about how you need to heat up iron in order to break it down so that you can reshape it into something else, that's true of gold, right? Like gold is mm-hmm. impure to begin with, but like through the refiner's fire, right? The, the, the fault and the failure of the precious metal is separated from it. So now all you're left is just the preciousness, mm-hmm. right? Or the potter and the potter's mm-hmm. wheel and how you're just, you're on this wheel for a long time and you're never, you don't start out as the shape that you're going to be, but like you start up as a moldable shape. And so all these things might sound like crusty and bible but they're so true to our life. If you're really interested in self-healing and self-improvement, like all mm-hmm. these analogies that the Bible said 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago, like ring true today, even still. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Nancy still doesn't get to come back. Because <laughs> I said you're old. You said Brian was old. Brian is old. Yeah. What? I, I, I prefer whiz, wise. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what's the age gap here? I'm 53. How old are you? 56. Yeah, see, that's forever. <laughs> that's so much. That's like, that's yeah, three years. older you look like than That's me. three years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not good at math, but if you called him old. Yeah. He's three years old. It was to make you. himself feel better. I mean, I, mean, I get it. 
As black as darkness can be, the whole thing changes when light erupts. In fact, you could say that darkness can't exist in the presence of light. Similarly, despair can't exist in the presence of joy. I just want to sit on that for a second because that's like, that's such a good phrase that could be pulled out. You know, of course, my my brain thinks social media marketing and I'm like, ooh, that that line that you said, despair can't exist in the presence of joy. Yeah. Darkness mm-hmm. and light can't happen at the same time. And it makes me think of my kids. Uh, I have three little ones. And if they go into a dark room, they're they're like, oh my gosh, it's so dark. And they get scared and nervous and worried. And they come out to me for a flashlight and then they go in. But as an adult, sometimes we'll go into a dark room and like, there's enough light because there's a little bit, like yeah. there's a little bit of daylight coming in mm-hmm. from the window or there's a crack from another door that's like enough light. But it just, it made me visualize this idea of like, you can't, you can't have that despair if you have true joy. And that's the difference between joy and happiness. But to actually sit in that despair, you can't, you can't do that if your heart is tattooed with joy. No, that's okay. Like you're quoting me and I keep interrupting you. I'm quoting you. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but I, like, I love that because I'm thinking about that. Like, I feel like trying to use happiness to dispel darkness would be like, rather than entering the room with your own source of light, like a flashlight or like with a light bulb Mm -hmm. or like with a, you know, it's like, like trying to like make sparks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with a, yeah. like a what do you, would, would, you're old. What would you use to like, <laughs> oh like I feel like there's like a, a, like a fer- flint. Ferris rod. Or a ferris well, rod. I don't even mm-hmm. know what that is. I don't either. You so can. like if you had a ferris rod or like, like one of those things you'd use to start like a, like an arc welder, like you scrub it together. It's like one mm. spark comes out. Stay with me here. <laughs> okay. Cause I feel like that's, what, if you're trying to deal with despair with, happiness mm-hmm. rather than joy. Mm-hmm. It's like walking into a dark room, setting off a spark or two at a time, mm-hmm. hoping that that's going to light the room. And that it's going to mm-hmm. be enough for right. a long time. And it just won't, mm-hmm. right? It won't. Yeah. It's a spark. It's artificial almost. It's not even actually a flame. It's not it's like the It's like the indication of heat, but it's not actual heat. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about your kids walking into a room and mm-hmm. how we can walk in a room and like, as long as there's a, as long as there's a door with a light on the other side of the room, and I can just see the bottom of that light. Like, I'm not lighting yeah. the whole room, but I know right. where that light is. That gives me the direction to know that that's the direction I'm going. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. get disoriented in the dark mm-hmm. if there's at least one spot of light that I can walk towards. Yeah. And that's what that first step, that zero space in our board game looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not there yet. I'm not in a room full of light. I'm not in a room full of joy. I'm still in my despair. But at least I can see where that light is coming from, and I can move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a navigation point. A I navigation bet. point, mm-hmm. like a lighthouse. Yeah, and— um you know, just from your original equation, Jesus, yeah. hope, joy. Yep. If I have that starting point and I can at least see that flicker. Yep. Now that doesn't mean Jesus is a flicker, but that's all I can see. Yep. But if mm-hmm. I just go there and take those steps, mm-hmm. you know, I'll find it. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's really good. I don't think there's any more I can be said about that. Mm-mm. You said so many good things. <laughs> You're back in, I think. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> back at the table. <laughs> I was going to say this little light of mine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to let it shine. That was like when I was a kid. Yes. We would sing at like the county fairs, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah. not quite as old as you guys, but I'm yeah. old-ish. No, old you're enough, old. Old enough for no <laughs> Old enough for county fair fairs, yes. exactly. And that was my that was my song. Yeah. This little light of mine. I'm going to let that, it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. no. 
<laughs> we'll do that and uh, what's the, the joy, other song? Joy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not so one many of the good song songs. <laughs> Shoot, but they're all true. But like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like Jesus loves me, right? Yeah. Like Jesus yeah. loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me. Time so. tested, and that's time yep. tested that's truths it. to yep. hold on to. Yes, Jesus loves me, and oh, how I love Jesus! Oh, how I, I love Jesus. Jesus! Oh, how I love Jesus! Oh, I love Jesus! Oh, how I love you. Because he first loved, loved me. me. Yeah. Oh. Come on. Sing along. <laughs> it's easy to chase and catch happiness because it's fleeting. It's always moving. It's, it's more easily caught. The thrill of a one-night stay and the recklessness of a night of drinking, the numbness we can feel from narcotics or opioids, the splurge of online shopping, the satisfaction from overeating. The world that doesn't know Jesus tries to fill their lives with the pursuit of happiness, hoping that some of it might stick. But we know it won't. If your life is one of despair, we know that it's a worthless pursuit. Happiness will never stick. Happiness will always be fleeting. I think about this idea of instant gratification. That's what that reminds me of. The happiness part. It's like what we talked about. It's like that little flicker of it's 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 enough light, right? Like the new couch mm-hmm. is good and the Tesla is great and right. the vacation to Miami and being able to post that I went somewhere warm yeah. is great. But it's it's not true joy. Right. It's, it's not it's not long lasting. Yeah. Right. And social media is such a source for lies and substitution. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We like you were saying, uh, Nancy, uh, someone posts, look at the great place I just went to. We have no idea what the rest of their life is like. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we just saw a warm beach. They're there. The easiest human reaction is, why can't I go there? Yep. I haven't been on vacation in five years. Mm-hmm. Look at their life, right? So social media is uh, so easy to, for comparison. And it's a false comparison. And again, you know, I think in the last you know, 10 years, that's become a real affliction on our society. Mm. Yeah. It's, if you think about it, because my parents are, I'm, I'm blessed enough, my parents are still around. And my dad was born in 1929. Wow. So air flight was just around for about 15 years, uh, 20 years when he was born. He saw a man walk on the moon in 1969. He saw a space shuttle. He's, and he said, look at everything. His dad still farmed with horses. But that's given me great perspective because we think social media, Pinterest, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, everything. We think that that's the way of the world now, right? And I have kids that kind of grew up in that that realm a little bit. And when I see the perspective of my parents, you know, we haven't been this type of people yeah. that long. Yeah. But I'm amazed at the rapidity, that it, it, the lack of the amount of time or the little bit of amount of time that's taken to us. Just everything that's inside us that's kind of you know, skewed a little bit, it gets really skewed and bent with yeah. social media. Yep. Yeah, it does. And, uh, and I, I, I really feel for people when that, you have to fight that. You have to fight that. And it's so easy to internalize. Well, you know, look at the new red shoes Bob has. I don't have red shoes. Wish yeah. I had red shoes, yeah. you know, uh, and from everything little to big. And um, if you don't know who we are really coming from, who you really were born into, mm-hmm. it's easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. And then all the all the little things like like what you said. Well, Bob got new red shoes. Is that just like a little piece of sadness that then helps you, not not in a good way, but that kind of helps you to spiral back into that disparity? Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because then then your focus starts to shift. And I don't know if 
if it's part of one of the clips or not, but you said um, what you focus on, what you focus on grows. Nope. What was the quote that you said? (laughs) When when you focus on the negative, the negative expands. Yeah, if you keep looking for the if you if I feel like it was the worst. It was a really good quote. Is it the worst one? Like if we keep looking for the worst to happen, everything everything will look like the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So in that comparison idea Mm -hmm. of if the if that little thing becomes a well, I'm I don't get that, and then it turns into like the bigger despair. Yeah, because once you start once you start finding the things where you feel like you're falling short or the mm-hmm. things that, you know, then it's easy to find more. You can always find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you're, Absolutely. you know, if you think about a yellow car, then you're going to see anything but yellow cars. If you're, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So if, as long as it's in your head, you can't not think about it. And so mm-hmm. I was talking to this kid last night. He says, how do you get that stuff out of your head? How do you feel about, like, how do you get it out of your head that you feel like people are judging you or you feel like people resent you or you feel like, and I said, for me, I needed to visualize it. And I needed to like see those things as rooms in my mind, and I had to leave those rooms because I can't just mm-hmm. sit in that room thinking that you know that it's gonna it's gonna leave. So it's a dark room. It's a dark room, and there's mm-hmm. no light. Right, like not yeah. even a speckle. Yeah. Of light. And I told him, I said, like, but he said, isn't it? Isn't it? Can it be a demonic spirit? I said, I know for sure that it can be a demonic spirit, and I'm not trying to be all exorcist and Catholic and something about it. But I said, it says in the Bible that that whatever you whatever you bind in my name is bound in heaven and on earth. There's a, there's a, it's a scripture verse somewhere. Sorry, I can't Google. Yeah, you can't. Apparently, there's 16 devices that you can't find anything on anyone. Anyway, I feel like that's a thing. And so I said, for me, when I was going through my darkest times, I would end up being in the place and I would rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. I would curse Satan, like actual use curse words at Satan. Like get the bleep out in Jesus' wow. name, right? I, would, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say bleep though. I would say the words. Right. You know? I mm-hmm. said that... That's what had to work for me. And then I had to remove myself physically from the space I was in because I needed to change everything. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> I have a, one of my daughter's friends. She's the sweetest girl. <clears throat> and uh, she has anxiety. And so one of the things that she'll do is she'll, um, I found out, is that she'll, like, take herself out of a space, put herself in a new space, and then, like, count things. She counts red things okay. in the room. So I didn't know this until she was really overwhelmed by some stuff happening. And she came out, and I... I had her sit next to me because I like her, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I put my arm around her because yeah. I wanted to comfort her because that's me, mm-hmm. right? But then I started freaking out because I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's going to think that's weird. 53-year-old guy, <laughs> yeah. 13, 15-year-old girl. So I kept waiting for my family to come sit in the room yeah. with me. Anyway, that's, anyway that's, another, that's another podcast. <laughs> anyway, but then so that's when she said, you only have one red thing in your bathroom. I said, what makes you say that? She said, well, because this is what happens. This is mm-hmm. what I do. And so I feel like when we're dealing with these kind of things, those are, you know, they may sound like, hocus pocus they might sound like gobbledygook from psychobabble mm-hmm. things right mm-hmm. but like those are accurate fundamental things that it's not wrong for us to use right. and so in our struggle with our depression or our anxiety or our despair there's nothing wrong with utilizing tools like that to remove your head from the space that you're in because sometimes we're not strong enough to right. do that for ourselves and so they become the light under the door that we can walk towards mm-hmm. you know and that's how we deal with despair yeah and everybody has a different mechanism right yep. and if the mechanism works for you Use that mechanism. Yeah. We talk much here about how Satan is the prince of lies. He orchestrates despair in our lives and in our world by convincing us that his lies are true. Doubt, compassion, envy, pride. These are all the ways that Satan weaves a web that's easy for us to get tangled in. He knows that he can keep us away from joy by convincing us that we'll find eternal satisfaction in the pursuit of feeling good for a fleeting moment. The math doesn't add up. 
but he convinces us that we deserve these moments, that we're entitled to those moments, that other people have those moments, so we should too. He has us chasing our tails, distracted from the truth we find in the pursuit of more Jesus. So I feel like part of the way that he lies to me is he convinces me that, like you had said, a new Tesla or a new mm -hmm. whatever, or a trip to Miami or something, that that's, you know, that's what you're entitled to mm -hmm. and that'll make you happy. And so he knows that as long as I'm distracted and pursuing that, mm -hmm. that I won't have time to figure out who I am in God. That like, and that's his objective, mm -hmm. to keep us out of God's hands. You know, and so he's not there. Sometimes we think of the devil and we think of him like a comic book or a cartoon where he's like, I don't know, like digging holes that we fall into or whatever. He doesn't do that in a physical way. He does that in an emotional way. And we step right into it. Like, we know the trap is there, and we step right into it anyway. And we follow these things that we're trying to chase sparks, trying to chase small little glimmers of happiness that we know feel good for a flash. Mm -hmm. A flash. And that's all those things are that he has us chase. They're just a flash. And there's no heat. There's no uh, permanence. There's no viability, you know, to those mm -hmm. things. So as long oh, as yeah. he can keep us distracted from that, mm -hmm. then he's happy. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit about <clears throat> when I listen to that, um, I'm going to just paraphrase, but there's a philosopher called Pascal and said there's a God-shaped hole in each one of our hearts. And Wait, only Pascal said that? Yeah, Pascal. I thought yeah. I thought Billy Graham said that. Well, he's probably <laughs> quoting Pascal. because I think Just like Billy Graham, not to attribute his quotes. Yeah, and he, <laughs> Always taking claim for himself. Yeah, and he had kind of the preacher hair too. So. Yeah, he did have the preacher <laughs> hair. Yeah. I wish you guys could see Brian right not now. Not as not as nice as mine, but no. anyway. But he had there's a God-shaped hole in each of our hearts, and it can only be filled through God, uh, from God, through the promise of Jesus Christ. So Satan knows that, right? He, we're built in, we're wired for that desire. Right. And we don't always recognize that that's where my deepest longing comes from. That's mm -hmm. where my deepest longing is from. So Satan uses that. He uses that as his leverage. Yeah. Because he know he recognized desires in each of us and said, Oh yeah. You know, that car will fill that. And we chase that, and we buy that car, and then the second car payment comes in the second month, and it's like, man, my car needs to be washed. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's well, not as shiny yeah, anymore. It turns out it, that it gets dirty, just like a cheap car. Yep. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then we're on to the next thing, the next vacation, the next house, yep. the next mm -hmm. person, the next relationship. And the whole time, wrecking all of our others' ability to have, like, real relationship. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So we have that desire, which is a good thing. We have that longing for God that's wired right into us. We just don't always recognize. I don't always recognize that that's what that is. Mm -hmm. And then with the comparison thing, Satan's whispering that as well. Yeah. Well, you've got your desire. You can fill that with that. Yeah. You know, look at look at your parents or your uh, neighbors just put in a, a swimming pool. So then yeah. he leverages things like Facebook, right? We see, well, look at how happy this say. trip to so Miami makes, makes yeah. Joey, right? So yeah. if Joey's happy in Miami, I'd be happy I'd in be Miami. Happy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, and as I get to Miami, I'm like, oh, crap, this is. And how many likes did I get when I posted that picture? Yeah, right? So Yeah, so Satan loves yep. social media and, so the and whole, comparison. Yep, I'm positive of that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that Satan invented Facebook <laughs> or that he made, what was the name, Mark Zuckerberg? Like he, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's responsible for that, but he definitely leverages that mm -hmm. in our lives. Let's listen to the second half of that. Mm -hmm. But he convinces us that we deserve these moments, that we're entitled to those moments, that other people have those moments, so we should too. He has us chasing our tails, distracted from the truth we find in the pursuit of more Jesus. Yeah, chasing our tails. Yeah, I love that phrase. Yeah. Because that's what it is, right? Yep. It's an endless circle. We right. will never get to the destination. You'll never catch it. Yep. Right? But it's always right there in front of you. You know, 
we have a new puppy at our house. And like that puppy does that a lot. And it's super cute when a puppy does it <laughs> yeah. because a puppy's an idiot. Right. Right. So we have to stop being idiots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're never going to catch your tail. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. stop chasing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's where if we can start chasing joy instead of chasing like the thrill of happiness, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if we choose like the the longevity and the 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 deep meaning of joy, like then like as even on the journey towards that, we have satisfaction that we would have never have gotten. Yeah. Trying to just like the glimpses and the flashes of happiness. And that was one of your points uh, of the four. The last one was switch to the long game. Yeah. Which is a nice, yeah. short, concise. If you just put that on your heart, switch to the long game. Yeah. And not just the long game here on our mortal life. Right. Sure. But God wants you for eternity. And once you figure that out, and that's why what I just said is long. What Scott said, switch to the long <laughs> game. Put that on your heart yeah. because that, that'll solve a lot of people's issues. Well, yeah. and it's a it's a perspective shift, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So it's like what Good are you what it. are you focusing on? Yeah. And it, and it makes me think of your Oreos because I mean <laughs> I like Oreos. Yeah. I I prefer like triple mega yeah. super All this super stuff. stuff yes. <laughs> um, right? But you know when even even uh, in De Pere when you were speaking live, like yeah. you you held up the the thin one. Yeah. And you're like, that's that's it, you know? Yeah. But then it's when you pull it off. It's ginormous. It fills my life. This yeah. Oreo is the worst thing in the whole world. My life is the worst. Look at the size yeah. of this Oreo. Because <laughs> it was right next to my eye. Right. But right. if we could just hold that at arm's length, we'd say, oh, well, it's just an Oreo. Oh, it's just. It's so just context, Oreo. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, sure. like, the things that we feel are making us sad, it's okay that they can make you sad. Don't let that, don't draw don't that so there. close to your oh. eye and fixate mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. So now it's, it, it, it envelops your whole vision, mm-hmm. right? Develops Envelops your whole life. Now that's despair. Right. Stupid Oreo thins making you desperate. <laughs> when really it should just make you sad, which right. is true. Some lady wrote, oh, by the way, I like Oreo thins. I was going to say, or just get the super yeah. stuffed the Oreos. Stuff. You can yeah. only get them in four packs right now uh, at certain BP really? gas stations. Yeah, you can't get like a whole Good to know. package of them. You can't a, get a whole package of thins, which is just ridiculous. This is a man who has done his, his Oreo research. research. Oh, I yeah. know where the Oreos are. Yeah, for sure. But- so is to happiness to joy as sad Sadness as to is despair. despair. Yes. Right? So, I mean, if you're not finding joy, true joy in your mega super, super stuffed Oreos, right. yeah. you're just finding some happiness. Yep, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. But, yeah, I'm not gonna, my life's not going to fall apart if I don't get a right. most stuffed Oreo today. Right. I've already had four today. Oh. But if I didn't, <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't tell my, my endocrinologist. Yeah. She probably <laughs> wouldn't think that was oh too great. God. So, um, anyway, but I feel like my, I don't want my life to fall apart because I didn't get my Oreos. I don't want my life to fall apart because the Packers lost. I don't want to mm-hmm. let my life to fall apart because my wife's not speaking to me right now. Like this, like, okay, that bums me out. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's yeah. not like that. That doesn't, it doesn't change the course of my life. It doesn't determine who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we let it do that to right. us. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I'm not saying my wife being mad at me for a day is not a big deal. It is a big mm-hmm. deal. Right. Like that's my responsibility. I got to figure mm-hmm. that out. But I'm saying I can't let that, you know. I can't throw can't, it all in. Right. And you, you know, can't just sit in that yeah. safety of despair right. and comfort in, oh, well, that's just, that's the cards I was dealt. Yep. Yep. That's right. Call me Mara. And so I yeah. feel like, and that's what we do, right? <laughs> right? Like, I just feel like, and then, but then we jump into it and then we go onto the Facebook and say, look at what my wife did. Mm-hmm. Now she's not speaking to me because we want people to be on our side, yep. right? Yep. Oh, you poor victim. Right. You know, or, oh, I can't believe that happened. You're right. You deserve better. And so, mm-hmm. like, that's what we do. If you catch yourself doing that, you guys, stop doing it stop right it. now. Yep. This, I ha- I've had this pulled up just because I love it so much. The message version of Romans 8. It says, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? Mm. 
And it's yeah. so simple. And I know you like to use the message version I too, do. but if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Ask for it in his name. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Ask for it in my name. Right. So good. Ask for joy, you guys, because like we all deserve to be joyful because we all have our hope. Every one of us, whether you're currently walking with Jesus right now, if you call Jesus your friend, for sure. Even if you don't call Jesus your friend right now, you have joy and hope on your horizon. It's something that you can shoot for. It's something you can play for. It's something you can strive towards. And so it's really just a matter of changing your direction and stop being focused on your Oreo thin. And look at the Oreo most stuff that's just waiting for you on the other side. Look for the light coming from the bottom of the door on the other side of the room. Listen, I'm so glad that you guys were here. Thank you. Nancy, for co-hosting with me. I think we Thanks should co-host again, me. again, maybe, if you don't <laughs> maybe. call me old all the time. Anyway, I'd also like to thank the old man in the room, my friend Brian Caesar. Thanks for being here, Brian. You were great, too. Maybe you can come back again. I'd love to. This yeah. is fun. Yeah, it this is. is fun. Anyway, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should totally subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. It would mean even more to us if you rated or wrote a review because then that opens it up for more people to see. So the more ratings and reviews that we get in our podcast, the more people see it. And if you feel like more people need to know about the joy of Jesus Christ that they can have, then you should totally be rating, raving, rating, and all thumbs other, up, thumbs upping, <laughs> yeah, like all those all the things. stars, yeah, all the stars. Anyway, that'd thanks be, for that'd be really something. Oh, <laughs> we almost made it, you guys. We almost <laughs> made it through the whole show. That would be something. It would be something. Oh. Sounds like a new yeah. tagline. No, stop to me. it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna let him talk anymore. Thanks for joining us. I'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>